Hello and welcome to a special edition of Pick Everard's Perspectives podcast in which we are celebrating International Women in Engineering Day. There is still a clear gender split within the sector with only around 12% of all engineers in the UK being female. So this is still a really important day for anyone working in engineering. This year, the National Awareness Campaign is celebrating the amazing work of female engineers around the world and will profile the best, brightest and bravest women in the field who recognise the problem and dare to be part of the solution, who undertake everyday heroics as well as the emergency ones. I'm Elizabeth Hardwick-Smith, Group People and Culture Director at Pick Everard, and today I'm joined by one of our civil engineers, Natalie Clemson, to chat about her career. Now, Natalie actually joined us at Pick Everard in 2006 as an undergraduate engineer on a sandwich placement. She's since risen through the ranks to become a national director. She's worked on some of our biggest and most prominent schemes, including the recently completed redevelopment of one of the UK's largest independent schools in Macclesfield. Natalie, hi. Thanks for joining me. Hello, Liz. Hi. To kick us off, can you tell us a little bit about your journey? What led you to this career path particularly? Yes, of course I can. Yeah. Uh, my interest in engineering really began when I was at school. I had a passion for, for maths and science and art, and it was trying to find a university degree that matched those interests. Um, I knew I wanted to go to university. I knew I wanted to get a degree, yeah. but I didn't know what degree to, to study for. So it really started with me kind of researching the types of degrees out there. I wanted a degree that I could actually come out of and have a career. So at first I kind of considered doing maths, uh, a maths degree, but then I thought, well, what, what would I be when I came out of a maths degree after four years or three years or whatever? So in terms of um, what I did, I spoke to our careers advisor at school yeah. and she said, what about architecture? Your, your A-levels are, you know, art, music, physics and maths. And that actually is quite a good mixture for architecture. And I thought, well, I actually prefer the math side of things and the art. And she was like, well, do engineering then. And I was like, well, at, at that time, I didn't really know what engineering was. Yeah. Uh, so I started to look up all the different types of engineering. And then civil engineering just jumped out at me as being the most diverse, the most kind of broad in terms of, you know, there was lots of different types of civil engineering that I could go and specialise in if, if I chose. But at the same time, you know, I could study a degree in a career-based kind of degree so it was civil engineering really that I um, was most interested in I then applied to the University of Bath uh, for a civil and architectural engineering degree and studied there for five years so yeah it was a fantastic degree because it, it let me have two work placements the first one was on site for six months and on a sewage treatment works, which was really interesting. So that was working with um, with Norwest Holtz, who are now Vinci. And then my second work placement was with Pic Everard. So I, I had to have a, a, a design based work placement for at least one of them. And so Vinci basically turned around and says, well, go and work for Pic Everard. I can recommend you go work there because it's a really good consultancy. So. Um, I came to PICS and I've never left. I've been here ever since. <laughs> so it is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you had, I guess, some big decisions to make right from the very beginning, that there was lots of choice out there for you in terms of, you know, what do you do with your A-levels? Where do you go? What type of degree? And you, you got drawn to civil engineering, which is fantastic. Um, so after your sandwich placement then at PIC Everard, what happened next and, and how has your career developed since then? Yeah, so um, when I graduated, I came back to Pig Everard in 2008. 
and I started off in the water team. So I worked for around, I want to say, four years in the water team, working on projects for Seven Trade Water. So I designed a few um, reservoirs, water treatment plants, sewage treatment plants, and then started to kind of dabble in a bit of the multidisciplinary work. So worked on a few prisons and schools. Mm-hmm. And then around 2012, I got chartered. So I actually moved up to the to, to our bid team for a secondment in bidding, which was really, really good, good experience. Uh, we wanted to kind of gain a bit of commercial experience for me and actually expose me to, to the practice. Um, get to know a few people across the practice, which was actually really, really great. So I worked in the bid team for about 18 months and I went on maternity leave with my my first child. Yeah. Came back in 2014 into the highways and infrastructure team as a senior engineer. And then have been in that team ever since. So grown from that stage, 2014 up to associate in 2016, then associate director 2017. Um, 18 and then director in 2019 and now national director so yeah I've kind of progressed I would say quite quickly in my career in comparison to a lot of people uh, which is good um, and I've, it's only really been because of the support that I've had at Peak Everard and the experiences that have been presented to me here it's been absolutely fantastic so yeah um, well, it sounds very varied as well in yes terms of you know working in a range of, of different teams and growing yes quite a diverse skill set which has no doubt you know helped you hugely on your on your journey so you know many congratulations for, you. for where you yeah. are now it's really exciting moving on then to this year's inwed theme um yes. this year's inwed theme is engineering heroes and i was wondering who is yours and why so, for example, maybe there's women in senior positions that you were able to look up to when you started out or or, or mm. the peers now, um, or indeed maybe, you know, in the industry at large. So mm-hmm. who are your engineering heroes and why? You know what, I've not actually thought about this. And in preparation for this call, it was kind of like, do do I need to, to have one? But actually, you know what, I, I, I've been thinking about it and on reflection, I would say a lot of my university professors really inspired me. I think it's really important to have a really good degree with with the professors that are absolutely passionate in what they're teaching the young kind of engineers to be. And I would say being at Bath, it's it was a fantastic experience because it was a joint school of architecture and engineering. And one of my professors, Tim Ibell, he taught us quite a few modules uh, in structures and in bridge design. And just I think the passion for what he was teaching was was just absolutely fantastic. Bath has also got kind of a bit of a partnership with Bureau Happold, which is, with, again, fantastic. And Ted Happold is, is, again, one of those quite renowned structural engineers, in, in, especially in that region. So, yeah, I think it's been a variety looking up to to others yes so I would say within Pick Everard there's there's lots of role models and yeah it's quite hard to kind of pinpoint one specific person who has who has kind of inspired me there's been a lot of people over the years that have have given me that inspiration to to do my best and achieve so yeah yeah I suppose um sometimes it's about the behaviors of people Yes. So what what types of behaviours have you, um, I guess, really appreciated over the years? I would say that ambition and drive and that that creativity. And I I think 
the the ability to to be creative and the ability to um not have those barriers in place to be creative i think is important and um i would say when i started out at pig everard i had this kind of uh, vision in my mind on how actually i wanted our engineering team to look and and how we could what we could do and what you know what what we could expand into and how, how we could grow and I mean remember when I when I joined Pig Everard and, and Duncan Green the managing partner um he at the time said to me Natalie you can do whatever you want to do here at Pig Everard you know yes. you can you, you know there's no there's no barriers you can kind of uh if you want to expand you know what our service offering then we can do that so I find it's been a position where I can actually influence that and and shape the future of the engineering team here it's is brilliant so yeah I would say creativity and ambition is are the two uh, behaviors that definitely inspire me that's brilliant thank you so how have attitudes or practices changed over the years throughout your career wow okay yeah <laughs> obviously being a very male dominated environment it's been and construction obviously has quite a bad reputation for for sexism in the workplace uh but right now i would say that's pretty much gone um you don't really hear or see of it anymore it's changed i mean i came into to the industry you know in mid mid 2000s and it's already kind of gone a long way at that point to to kind of um you know get rid of that those sorts of behaviors uh and yeah i would say it's changed definitely for the better as going along um you see a lot more women in higher positions now and i think with with the changing attitudes towards parenting and the way that you see a lot of more dad's taking that that role in um in parenting and sharing that as well as has enabled women to to pursue their careers um potentially maybe later than than originally planned but actually you do see a lot of more women coming through and and uh they're sharing that parenting load a lot earlier on so it is great in terms of sexism in the workplace i remember at one point on site it was very difficult to get women's ppe it had to be ordered and it took like six weeks to arrive or something like that just get me a pair of boots because I'm a size four so (laughs) Um, (laughs) trying to get me a pair of sight boots was quite hard so for the first few weeks on site I didn't have any safety boots which is pretty bad when you think about it nowadays but yeah that that obviously is um not present anymore uh so things definitely have have moved forward a lot that's fantastic okay and what about the pandemic then has the pandemic changed anything into at all for example I think we've all come to realize how important flexibility uh, with work is over over the past year so you know how do you feel the pandemic's changed things and, and do you think that those changes have, have helped um, women's progression in engineering or, or could help it with regards to flexible working and the hybrid working that we're seeing now I would say yes um, and it's not just obviously helping women it's helping helping men as well because when you think about the traditional views of of the family and how that family unit works is that you know the father goes to work and the mother stays at home with the children whereas now it's more balanced so mm-hmm. it's helping fathers as well have a better work-life balance um you know they're seeing their family a lot more so definitely it's it's kind of evening evening out the the gender gap in a way um and it's and it's meaning that women can kind of 
work more and men can stay at home more. So I, I would say yes. We just need to make sure that obviously when the pandemic is over um, and people start going back to normal in inverted commas that we kind of keep up the, the practices of this flexible and hybrid working, which I know obviously Pick Everard are, are keen to, to do. So, yeah, it, I would say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, we've we've been doing a lot, as you know, on preparing for hybrid working and, and doing our mm. sort of staff listing exercise to capture staff preferences and understand, um, you know, how, how do they want to work that balance of being in the office, being out at site or, or being at home and um, having that additional flexibility for for family or interests that they might have. Um, so, yeah, I think it. Um, I think it has, you know, huge potential. I think it's so important because, you know, as, as I've said before, I think it's so important to make sure that the environment and the work experience that people have very much reflects what we're advertising um, mm-hmm. to people. So it's no, there's no point saying we're a diverse employer and we welcome flexibility if when people yeah. can't actually give that to them. So, um, yeah, we've, we've taken that, I guess, uh, sort of very seriously over the last few months and, and want and to I think, continue that. I think the younger people coming into, into work, you know, after education as well, are probably expecting a lot more uh, in terms of what, yeah. what we expected yeah. 10 years, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, yeah, it's the new Gen, gen Zs, aren't they? <laughs> They're kind of expecting Absolutely. a lot more in terms of flexibility and, and how work looks for them. So, yeah. yeah. And some of the other things that we're doing with regards to um, attracting a diverse workforce. So we've just enhanced our maternity and paternity adoption leave and shared parental Mm -hmm. offering um, to make sure that that's um, attractive for people. And we do a lot with regards to our recruitment practices. So we've got a strong brand in place and new um, careers campaign called Being Pick Everard. And that's based around our people. And we're encouraging more females and minorities to get involved as, as they do remain underrepresented um, in the industry. So we're looking to celebrate um, their individual successes more. And, and we're working doubly hard to get in front of the right people, um, as well as thinking about our succession planning and our development, ensuring that we've got you know more diverse leadership team mm-hmm. than ever. So, so there's lots going on here, I think, in terms of trying to push that diversity agenda even further. Yeah, I think that's where I've seen the change definitely over the past few years at Pick Everard is it's we've really kind of been a lot more proactive um, to to try and achieve, you know, more women in management positions. So it's it's it's, it's very important that we, first of all, attract women into into doing engineering. Um, but at the same time, we've got to work to retain them in that in that career. So and push them and uh, yeah, push through that glass ceiling, uh, as the saying goes. So yeah, it's I think we've done a lot in the past few years to to help that. Brilliant. So um, the Women's Engineering Society's figures show that forty six point four percent of girls aged eleven to fourteen would consider a career in engineering. Um, but that's compared with 70.3% of boys. Um, mm-hmm. However, this figure almost halves when we look at the 16 to 18 age group, where only 25.4% mm-hmm. of girls consider engineering. So, Natalie, you are a STEM ambassador and you work with schools on student engagement. What more do you think we could do as an industry to maintain the enthusiasm and interest of younger female students? Wow. Okay. Um, I've not seen those figures before. It's quite shocking, to be honest with you. Um, 
I think obviously when you're looking at, at the 46.4% of girls aged 11 to 14, that's great. Actually, that's improved over the past few years, definitely. Um, and I think that is the work that a lot of the SIM ambassadors are doing. I do think that society as a whole has a part to play in, in trying to break down those gender stereotypes from an early age. Yeah. It's almost like instilling those behaviours right from the get-go in terms of birth, yes. in a way. Um, I mean, when I see things like all these, you know, gender reveal parties happening, it's kind yeah. of like, oh, no, like, why are we so focused on pink and blue and girls and boys? And actually, you know, we should be really thinking about what equality from, from that age. And you look at some of the toys that are around and they are very gendered and it, it does instill that kind of gender split when obviously you got the the drop in that percentage um looking at 16 to 18 that's that's a bit sad isn't it only 25 percent of girls then would consider engineering i'm wondering if that's a lot to do with kind of peer pressure um and again the media and the way that the media portrays women and men in different different careers in terms of what we can do what we can keep doing i think it's just trying to enforce that positive role models working with providing work experience to that age group a bit more and targeting you know the bright females who have got that interest in the science and the maths subjects encouraging them to take those at at, you know GCSE and A level I think the schools have probably got a part to play in that looking at you know where they've got the brighter brighter girls that actually want to do those engineering type subjects or that are good at that but you know a subject to peer pressure in or no do the kind of more traditional subjects that that girls kind of take um it's trying to to break down those barriers and the behaviors I think in schools as well so yeah no, that's really interesting I mean I've about the role modeling piece I've, I've noticed that often females in the industry have um, a relative who's also yeah. working in the industry and they've been inspired by them so they've been really up close and hearing the stories and seeing the fantastic work that they've been doing from a very young age and that's continued so I think mm-hmm. that modeling is is crucial as you say and constant reinforcement as well yeah. uh, so it's such a diverse diverse uh, career area isn't it I think it's absolutely fantastic yeah yeah okay so final point before we wrap up mm-hmm. um if there are any listeners out there who are thinking about a career in engineering, whether that's a student picking their options or someone who may be a little older and looking for a new career path, what would you say to them? Have you got any sort of top tips or best practice of advice, uh, best piece of advice, sorry, that you'd want to share? I would say just, just do it. <laughs> um, don't let the whole kind of gender split put you off. Don't let, I mean, it says any listeners. So basically it's anybody really, male, female. Engineering is a fantastic career choice because as you've said, the whole diversity within the the field, you can specialise in in all sorts of different types of engineering. You've got, you know, structural engineering, bridge engineering, coastal marine, power, um, environmental sustainability, there's all sorts of different subsectors of civil engineering and obviously you've, you've then got you know your mechanical your electrical your, your building services your chemical engineering there's all sorts of 
different fields of engineering that you will find one that you like and you will find one that you know you uh, are good at so it's it's looking at those various options um, it's never too late either to, to, to consider a career in engineering. There are all sorts of options out there. And I know the ICE have done, are doing a lot of work to try and show that there's various career paths and ways of getting that professional qualification as well. You wow. don't have to have studied a degree. You can come in, do work experience based study. Right. And um, apprenticeship schemes are a big big thing at the moment where the government's trying to advertise and push apprenticeship schemes so I would say yeah look into it and don't be afraid to take the leap yeah well I think that's brilliant advice and thank you for your time today it's been great Mm -hmm. to hear your story and your perspective on being a woman in engineering and progressing into a senior role in a male-dominated field in 2021 and thank you for listening We hope that this episode has provided a bit of insight into the progress made for gender equality in the construction sector and how we can support this further, as well as the career opportunities and progression that lie within the field, inspired by Natalie's story. As always, the show notes are available on our website at www.pickevrard.co.uk, where you can also find more information on careers at Pick Everard. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon for another Perspectives podcast.